Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help in drawing near to God through reading God's Word and then applying its truths to our lives. If I can be of assistance to you, feel free to reach out to me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Sometimes we hear that Christians do not have to obey God or the Bible because we're under grace. While it's true we're under grace, Paul reminds us that we are to obey the commandments of the Lord Jesus. We see that in verse 2 of this chapter. Today on Drawing Near, we learn what God's will is in this matter. Let's take our Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and study Sanctification's Path. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for all that we come to know of you and your will in your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ, the perfect embodiment of you and your word. He not only is God incarnate, but he is the living word of God. We thank you, Father, that through the study of your word, we can draw near to you. And in drawing near to you, Father, you draw near to us. Help us, Father, to discern what your will is in these things today. Guide us to understand what sanctification is and what the path to it is. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's begin by looking at the first phrase of verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It simply says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. God has a will for our lives. Oftentimes, people think God's will is, should they get this job? Should they go to school? Who should they marry? Should they have kids? How many kids should they have? Those kinds of things. And although we ought to seek the wisdom and God's guidance in all of these things, in every aspect of our lives, when the Bible talks about God's will, it is always connected with the way that we live, our holiness, our character, our faithfulness to Jesus Christ under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we see here again in verse 3. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. It is God's will that you be sanctified. It's God's will that I be sanctified. Now, in order to understand what that means, we need to ask the question, what is sanctification? And sanctification comes from the root word, holy. God wants us to become holy. Now, we've been made holy in Jesus Christ. If in truth, we have trusted in Jesus Christ by faith. We are justified. We are saved. We are holy in Christ. But God wants us to have a practical holiness. He wants us to live in holiness. He wants us to become more and more like Jesus Christ, less and less sinful, more and more faithful. That's what he wants. This is God's will. This is how we please him, that we walk, as we saw earlier in some of our podcasts, holy and without blame before him. Paul wants to present the Thessalonian Christians holy and blameless before Christ at his glorious appearing. But we need to grow in holiness if we are to do the will of God. What is the path to sanctification? What is the path to this holiness? Well, we see that in the second half of verse 3 and following. And it's kind of a lengthy statement. But let's look at it together. It says that you should abstain from sexual immorality. That each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in passion of lust like the Gentiles, who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. 
because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has given us his Holy Spirit. As we begin to break down these verses, the first thing I want you to see is that when we go to understand the path to sanctification, we are not told what we are to do. We're not told, well, read the Bible and pray and fast and go to church and give your tithe. We're not told that. What we're told in this passage is what we should not do, what we should abstain from. Do you see that? Last half, verse 3, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Now, for many of us, that seems to be an easy thing to understand and to do. Sexual immorality is not a part of our lives. But if we really want to be honest, sexual immorality is a very, very influential thing in our culture, even in our church. Many of us have no problem about sexual joking. Many people have no problem about flirtatiously teasing about another person's body parts or the way they walk or their physical characteristics. I see that from Christians on Facebook all the time. And it's like there's no shame in this at all. We need to be pure. We need to be holy. And we're going to see this. We need to abstain from sexual immorality. It goes on and says in verse 4 that each one of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. He's talking about possessing our own bodies, how to control our own bodies. We are to understand how to have self-control under the leadership of the Holy Spirit of our own bodies, our own vessel, in sanctification, there's that word again, in holiness, and honor. We are to honor God and live holy in the way that we use our bodies. Verse 5, not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. We're not to be lustful. There should be no mention of pornography. There should be no mention of, of our eyes gazing to people in a longing, sensual sort of way. We need to not be that way. If we have those kinds of desires and needs, we need to marry someone, and that needs to be contained within marriage. That's what the Bible teaches. And some of us may immediately say, well, the young people, this has nothing to do with young people. I know many people in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who have a serious problem with this. We need to understand that. We need to rethink how we think of other people in this way. We need to control our eyes like Job made a covenant with his eyes that he would not sin against God. We need to take control of our thoughts and our emotions and our desires. We need to do that. We need to not be like those who are pagan, worldly, ungodly. He says in verse 6 that no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter. We're literally being told in this passage to the Thessalonians that no Christian should take another brother's wife. That's what this means. We should not defraud our brother in the matter of sexual immorality. This should not need to be said, but it is necessary to be said in Paul's day and in our day today. I consistently hear of pastors and Christians I know of individuals that I've had to counsel over this matter, defrauding your brother through sexual immorality. 
having affairs with somebody else's wife. That's serious. Look what God says about this. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. God is not going to let this go. God will avenge the defrauded brother in these matters. Galatians 6 tells us, you reap what you sow. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Verse 7, for God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Three times in this passage, God's will is our sanctification. We're to possess our own body in sanctification and honor. God didn't call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. God's desire for us is right living. And the first thing he talks about in discussing holiness and sanctification is sexual immorality. We go to the book of Revelation in chapters 2 and 3. Churches there are warned against allowing sexual immorality to exist within the body of Christ. Living with someone outside of marriage is sexual immorality. Having what a lot of people consider to be harmless sexual interactions on weekends is sexual immorality. Sexuality is to be contained within the bond of marriage and marriage alone between one man and one woman for one lifetime. That's the biblical teaching. Pastor, that's archaic. That's old-fashioned. No, that's godly and biblical. And God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. If we are to be followers of Jesus Christ and do the will of God and honor and glorify him, we need to possess our own bodies in sanctification and in honor. Verse 8, therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. You reject this teaching, you reject this lifestyle, you reject God. And God has given us his Holy Spirit to inform us, to confirm us in these things, and to enable us to live according to these things. This needs to be important to us. We don't need to joke around about this stuff at the office or at work or at the marketplace. We don't need to be texting with people that are not our spouse. (laughs) We don't need, oh, pastor, you're ridiculous. No, I'm experienced. I have lived 40 years in the ministry, and I have seen what loose living in these things do. I've seen what loose living in these areas bring about. Be warned. God cares about this. He commands us in this, and we need to be obedient, and we need to know what God's will is, our holiness, and that's our complete holiness. Father, I thank you that you are the God of grace, mercy, and love, but that doesn't mean that you're tolerant of our sin. That doesn't mean that you're careless or compromising regarding the way we live. Father, I pray that you would help us to nail these things down. Some people call these things puritanical or prudish. I really don't care what people call them. You call these things holy, and we are to live holy in this world. Some people say we cannot live holy, but your word tells us a different story. Father, help us to pursue sanctification. Help us to understand what we need to lay aside and what we need to put on. Give us wisdom and understanding. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City. 
based on the truth that if we will draw near to God, he will draw near to us.